I think the beautiful thing about franchising is everybody is so helpful to each other and really resourceful to each other. So I think once you start making connections, it's simply a matter of reaching out to people. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. So welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Leanne Caruso. And Leanne has such an amazing background that let me start with that. So Leanne, you're currently the Senior Vice President of Franchising at Entrepreneur Media, which we are going to talk a lot about in just a moment. But I always like to start with where you graduated from. So you're a graduate of Florida State University and have done a lot in the state of Florida, as a matter of fact. So you started working with PR and communications for local agencies. I found it interesting that you were a public information officer and a communications officer, which really laid the foundation for your marketing career that included tons of event planning, working with local government agencies, and your social media expertise that I think is pretty unparalleled. You started your own company, Limelight Marketing Consultants, in 2010. You sold that and you continued your path in marketing at senior levels, including several stints as a fractional chief marketing officer, which we'll also discuss because I think it's interesting. And then last year, you joined Entrepreneur Media in this fantastic new role. So you've had quite a journey, Leanne. So first of all, if you could tell us when you first started working with franchising and why. Sure. Well, thank you for that. Um, Yeah. So when I started my own company back in 2010, um, I started working primarily in social media. And basically that led me to helping other companies start their local Facebook pages. And that was before anybody knew anything about anything. There was no advertising. It was very engaging. Um, But I basically started with a local Massage Envy franchisee, which led me to another local Massage Envy franchisee, which led me to working with the regional group and also led me to um, an opportunity to work with other PR companies and marketing agencies who hadn't really grasped social media yet, but knew they needed to offer it as a service. So one of the companies that I worked with locally was working with franchise brands. And that's kind of also how I fell into it. And then we started working with the regional Massage Envy group at a bigger level and then um, bigger brands, helping them create local marketing programs, grand opening plans. And that's basically how I kind of fell into franchising as most of us do. <laughs> you know, that's a good way to say it. The accidental franchise executive. That's what many yes. of us have become. I love that you mentioned Massage Envy. I'm a member and I just love that franchise. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. So you were really an early leader in social media and there are many of us still trying to figure that out. Why did that interest you? Well, you know, um, when I was starting my own company, I put a post on Facebook saying, hey, I'm looking to do this thing. I had just moved to Tampa. I didn't know anybody. Um, And I put a call out on social media just saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. And somebody said, oh, a friend of a friend, um, you know, might need something for their seawall business. And so we connected and they gave me a chance. They're my very first client. 
They're actually still my client to this day, 12 years later, but I realized the power of social media. So I thought this is very interesting. And that was also when you had close relationships with the platforms. And as the platforms were being established, there were opportunities to learn from the very beginning on how to make your business grow. And then also understanding that personal social media is very different than consumer and B2B. And so kind of learning those logistics. You know, that still seems to be so confusing to so many of us. Yeah, and how do you really leverage that? I know that it's interesting. Some large franchisors will have their own Facebook page or their own LinkedIn, but then the franchisees have them as well. How does all that interact together? First of all, there has to be a strategy in place, you know, and and really understanding how they are all interconnected um, and how they work for you. So if you're on LinkedIn, for instance, a, fran- a business page is important to have, but it also doesn't work as well as the personal profile. And I think that's kind of the same for most of the platforms with the exception of maybe Twitter. But um, the personal profile on LinkedIn is far more important because LinkedIn wants it to be about people and relationships, even though it's still about business. So they're going to feed the personal profiles more than they're going to feed the business. But again, still important to maintain the business profile. So understanding each platform, how they work, how they're consistently changing, and how they're all interconnected is really a, a struggle and why I think it's a challenge for a lot of brands. You just gave us an interesting and important insight there about LinkedIn is the personal profile versus the business profile. So thank you for that. We'll get more tidbits. <laughs> so thank you. And, you know, I'm going to step back a moment in your career because we were talking before we started recording about how you actually, when you got out of college, you were in event planning and you were in Key West and I just had the most fabulous vacation in Key West. Tell us a little bit about those early days of yours. Yeah, sure. So I graduated from Florida State and I moved to Orlando and I got a job in insurance. And, you know, you think when you graduate from college, you're going to get the most perfect job of your dreams. <laughs> and I realized very quickly that the debt I had built up, it was not working for me. And this job was nothing that I wanted to do. So I started bartending and my mom's my mom had retired and moved to Key West. And she's like, hey, why don't you come bartend down here? So I moved to Key West. I started bartending. I bartended for eight years. But in the meantime, living in Key West, you have to work multiple jobs. I finally got a job in marketing and I worked for the company that produced Fantasy Fest and the World Championship Powerboat Races, among many other festivals. And um, so we got to produce these massive events in Key West. But at the same time, the agency also did public agency work. And we were subcontractors for um, other primarily DOT clients. And so I served as, while I'm also doing all of these really great fun things, bartending and producing Fantasy Fest, I also served as the public information officer for the DOT clients between Miami and Key West. So anytime there is a road construction project and you're driving down the Keys and you see, Uh call more information, (laughs) you're calling my cell phone. (laughs) Oh gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, so so that was fun. But that also, you know, I, you, you mentioned earlier that you have a very journey. And so I think every opportunity just leads you to the next opportunity. So the company that we subcontracted for, for those DOT clients um, was based out of Tampa. And so when I moved to Tampa, I actually worked for that company. So full time, I did a lot of public information work for housing authorities, transportation, airports, all sorts of fun and exciting <laughs> government entities. <laughs> but that led me to starting my own company and, and 
leaning more towards the consumer side. I mean, seriously, your background is just fascinating to me. And I feel like I could use the whole time talking, but I'm going to just talk a little bit more about it. And that is, now let's jump fast forward many, many years. And your last role before this one, you were a fractional CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. And I just love that term. Can you explain what that is and why it's so prevalent in today's business arena? Yeah, sure. So um, entrepreneur at heart, which we can obviously learn by where I'm working now, but entrepreneur at heart during COVID, I decided to leave my cushy PR executive job and start start another company and do consulting. And I did fractional CMO work. So basically, I was coming into companies and to franchise brands and helping them, whether or not they were in transition or they're emerging, um, they needed that senior level expertise, but maybe couldn't at the time either afford a full level CMO, or they needed somebody to help kind of hit the reset button, especially during COVID, which seemed to happen a lot. Look at their teams, look at their people, look at their strategy and see what needs to be enhanced, pivoted. (laughs) So it was just coming into brands and helping them um, have that senior level expertise, build strategy, build and nurture teams or rebuild teams and, you know, kind of help implement and execute those plans. You know, I think that, um, thank you, Leanne, I think that's so important in today's world with franchisees growing their infrastructures, but not quite able to hire their own CMO. It's such a great model to be able to get that senior level expertise, especially in the strategic realm, but not at the expense of hiring a full-time CMO. So I really- You might not be there yet. You hire a director of marketing, but they may not understand franchising or they don't understand how to build a local marketing program or, you know, marketing playbook for your franchisees. And then more critically, how the consumer marketing aligns with the franchise development marketing. And there's often that gap. And so kind of finding and bridging that gap between the two. Yeah, I just think that is a fascinating niche to be in for sure. So you have worked for service providers. You've had your own company, obviously, servicing the franchise industry. Did you ever consider working for a franchisor or a franchisee? Um, I've weighed both options, but doing the fractional CMO work allows me to do both. So I can get and work inside those brands and meet with, you know, meet with the boards and help build the strategy, but also my thriving in an agency life where I like to look at different brands and look under the hood of everything and wear multiple hats at any given time. It allows me to, to serve both roles, but I think primarily I more, I stick to the supplier side. I gotcha. And now you have this wonderful role as the senior vice president of franchising at Entrepreneur Media. So I know that Entrepreneur Media has decided to have, they, they've always done work in franchising, but they've really decided to have a franchise focus. Um, why did they decide to move to that lane? Well, like you said, they've they've been in franchising for, I think we're going on 43 years for the mm-hmm. franchise 500. Yes. Um, so, and and every issue has at least three to four stories on franchising on it. But really, I think we are working to build a bigger purpose in franchising. And because we have the platform, because we have the opportunity seekers coming to Entrepreneur, we want to make sure that they understand that franchising is an option if they're looking to start or own a business and or franchising their business is an option and then giving them the tools and resources to really educate them on what it means to become a franchisee mm-hmm. um, so that we can deliver more qualified candidates to any franchisor. So 
providing more kind of evergreen content on what to expect, what to expect at a discovery day, what are my financial options, you know, what does my day-to-day look like, or what are the questions to ask to a franchisor, just kind of building a better, you know, candidate to the brands. And in all candor, my content at the University of Louisville uses a lot of what you all have out there. Okay. So we've packaged quite a bit of that with a, with a lot of other resources as well, because to your point, there's so there's a lot out there, but it's how do we actually call down what's important? And it looks like you are mm-hmm. entering that arena as well. So most people are familiar with Entrepreneur. It was a magazine that features news stories about entrepreneurship, small business ownership, and business in general. First published in 1970, I think seven, and then the first Franchise 500 was published in 79. So you have a hard copy as well as digital, but now it's much more. I read that there are videos, podcasts, and events. Can you tell us a little bit more about all of that? Yeah. So, I mean, we have, we are launching Entrepreneur TV. Um, So we're super excited about that, where we already produced a TV show called Elevator Pitch. And content is consumed in so many different ways, and we're all so busy. So we want to be where the people are and let them consume content in the way that they need to consume content. So whether it's a printed publication or watching videos and, and resources and articles, social media, however it is, we, we want to be there. We have a book division. Um, I don't know that many people know that we produce books, but we have hundreds of books that we produce and uh, many of them franchised, especially the wealthy franchisee by Scott Greenberg is seems to be the, the hot one these days. So um, we've got a few more to come. So yeah, in any sorts of content, we we have it and we do it. You said a couple of really important um, items there. First of all, it's that you want to have content in whatever medium mode serves the consumer best. And I have found even through my teaching that podcasts are so popular as well as I wouldn't say reading is always popular with my students. However, it's still a it's still a great modality, correct? But this TV show, okay. So where is that? Where could we find that? Uh, well, it hasn't launched yet, but it, we will. You will be able to find it on your um, TV, your smart TVs. So it'll be like an app that you can download, and then you can you you know just like if you were to download Paramount Plus or Netflix, it would be oh. Entrepreneur TV. So you'll be your own, you'll have your own app to download. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's pretty big. I mean, that is fascinating. So you have this huge role. What is your role specifically in all of this? So I oversee the franchise, the entire franchise division. So that's operation, sales, content, marketing, symphony conductor of all of the things franchise. So how that relates to the entire entrepreneur brand and content that we serve, and then, you know, kind of building you know, new initiatives, um, enhancing the ones that we have. We are kind of reimagining everything that has to do with franchising on the back end and on the front end. So um, we've we've got a very heavy lift that we're doing right now, but within the next year or two, I think we'll start to see some pretty big changes. Well, you are the perfect person for that, if I must say so myself. I mean, that just sounds, I can't can't (laughs) wait to watch all that unfold. But let's move a little bit and give our listeners some sound advice because you are, in my opinion, one of the experts in communication. So if you're in franchising, what advice would you have about the way that you can build a community within franchising? Say you just get started. How do I build this community? Yeah, so I think the beautiful thing about franchising is everybody is so helpful to each other and 
really resourceful to each other. So I think once you start making connections, it's simply a matter of reaching out to people and saying, hey, do you do this? Have you ever seen this before? Um, there's mentorship programs available. Um, I think LinkedIn is an excellent, for, I've never seen LinkedIn so active other than the franchise community. I mean, it is so strong in franchising. So staying active, making sure you connect with other franchising folks who are around. There are groups on Facebook that are very helpful to each other, which is really nice. There's also um, a job board for uh, the folks at Springboard put that together. So, and I thought it was during COVID, which I thought was a great initiative. So people looking for, um, on both sides, franchisors looking for uh, people to fill roles and then people look, who have switched jobs or maybe looking for a change can, you know, it's a very specific job board. Um, and then joining, joining the groups, attending conferences, joining the International Franchise Association, I think is very important. Um, they have lots of great events. They have lots of webinars that you can interact with. There's really a lot that you can do. And I think it's really just kind of connecting with the first couple people and then it snowballs from there. Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting because even in every FTD, of course, lists the name and phone number of every franchisee. And my students are always surprised when I, when I tell them this and I said, you know, you can call each one. They're like, but are they going to tell you the real deal? Yes, they are. Franchising yes. is, is very transparent. And as you said, it almost feels like a family. I just think that um, the fact that you can go on, on Facebook and join some franchising groups is something new that I wasn't aware of. I've done quite a bit on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is very active in the franchise sector, as you mentioned, Leanne. Very much so. So you talked about conferences. What are the do not miss conferences that you would suggest those in franchising attend? So I think, um, so there are lots of different conferences. I mean, I think we have 21 on our calendar for this year, conferences between conferences, events, and expos. Wow. So it depends on where you are in franchising and what kind of content you, you're looking to need. If you're an emerging brand, there are emerging conferences available to you that make more sense for smaller people just getting started in franchising. The International Franchise Association does one. I believe that's this year in Nashville in, in November-ish. And then uh, Springboard Conference in Philadelphia, that's a great one for emerging brands as well. If you're looking for a consumer marketing conference, a, a customer experience, it just came back from that in Atlanta. Franchise Update puts that on. Highly recommend. Uh, you connect with all of the marketing folks and you learn about marketing for franchisees. Then there's multi-unit. If you're looking to grow and attract multi-unit brands, you can go to that conference. That one's big. That's also put on by Franchise Update Media. And then uh, if, for, if you're looking to grow your business in terms of attracting franchisees, the Franchise Leadership and Development Conference is also in Atlanta, put on by Franchise Update Media. It's a little bit smaller, but it's great because it's got great content and it allows you to easily connect with other people um, in your field. The IFA has actually partnered with Franchise Update Media yes. to put on several of these, which I think yes. is brilliant on both of their Yes, parts. that's great because they were both putting out similar conferences. And so I think it's, there's too many, we're saturated with conferences and events. So those are both great um, entities to combine and collaborate and they just did a great job in Atlanta and I'm excited about franchise leadership and then um, yeah so all of those are great for networking they're great for education um, finding resources connecting with other people 
And then there's also, of course, expos. So if you're looking, if you are a franchisor already and you're looking to promote your brand um, and find candidates, then the expos are a great way to, uh, you know, kind of put your brand on display and talk to people and MFE and national events media do the, do the best ones. Yeah, and you can definitely, that those are so easy to Google and find. The amount of conferences is pretty compelling and demonstrates the strength of the franchising model. So the IFA, you're really involved in the IFA. Yes. And, um, and you're also a certified franchise executive. So you've earned that credential, which is an important, I think an important credential in our, in our industry. But with the IFA, how would you suggest someone who just becomes a member how would they go about um, finding out more or joining groups or what advice would you have for them there? For the IFA. Um, so they have a welcome committee. Yes. Um, so definitely um, make sure to in, uh, engage with that. I sit on the supplier board and also on the women's franchise committee. So make sure that you're connecting with the content that they're producing. And I think through the content, they have workshops. So I think workshops is a great way to start to meet people because they're interactive. They have a lot of, you know, they break you out in rooms and they have conversations. And so I think that's one of the ways that I've met several people is through the workshops um, in the breakout sessions and then just connect with them on LinkedIn and be sure to stay in touch. And if somebody said something in particular that resonated with you, um, most people are more than willing to help in, in the community. Oh gosh, I would so agree with that. And you know, what I've realized with the IFA is to your point, it's a large organization. So you find what really applies to you. So like with the women's committee, I know there are now local chapters that are starting networking, women uh, women's franchise networking groups with local chapters. And I'm actually going to start one here with my friends at Yum in Louisville. And they even have every Wednesday, you can get on the Clubhouse app and just have conversations. And that's just one small example. There are groups for veterans. There's a Black Leadership Council. I mean, there's just so much that you can find what truly interests you and go deep, or you can stay broad. Uh, going to their conference is an amazing um, event. I think we had over 3,000 in San Diego in February. And the next one coming up in Las Vegas probably will even ha- surpass that number. Yes. It's um, IFA, the, the main conference is definitely a must, a must attend. And you're right, there are several committees and organizations, not only locally, but on a national level. So um, the WFNs are throughout the country, which are very nice. And um, like you said, the different councils that are available to connect and, and really interact. And oftentimes, if you look at the different events on IFA's website, you can still attend those board meetings, even if you're not sitting on the board. So that's a great way to start um, getting involved as well. That's true. That's where I have met so many people. And as you said, everyone's always willing to help everyone, which is such a wonderful thing about franchising. Yes. So yes. thanks for all that, Leanne. Well, it's hard to believe our time is almost up. And, and I just love talking to you and your career. And I want to thank you for being a board member of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence. That is really important to us. But let me ask you, what are you most proud of over this long career you've had and what's to come? Ooh. I think um, I think I'm just proud of the journey in general. Everything I've done just keeps leading me to the next opportunity, and it doesn't scare me. It's just so exciting. Like I wasn't looking to leave um, my consulting career. I felt like I'd kind of finally found 
what I really love to do being a fractional CMO. And I just really loved working with all the brands. Um, but then entrepreneur reached out and then it's like, I pinch myself every single day that I am even in this job because as an entrepreneur, you know, I read entrepreneur magazine all the time and it's like my North star. And so now I get to do that and do all of my franchising work in one. So I'm so proud of the journey that's led me here. And I think that that's probably the most um, exciting part, I guess. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So one last question. Anything you wish you had known when you entered franchising? (laughs) Um, I don't know if I wish I would have known, but it is. I try to tell people just stick with it because once you're in it, it's stupid to leave. Because it's just (laughs) when not everybody knows franchising. And if you can really truly understand how franchising works, um, you know, I look at it from a marketing lens, but if you truly understand how franchising works from the business angle and you have several different audiences you're trying to cater to, but if you, if you understand it and you grasp it and you make really solid connections, it's just a wonderful place to land. And there's so much opportunity within franchising that's also limitless. So I think just sticking with franchising and really understanding it is, is probably the thing that I'm glad I did instead of trying to do something else in another sector. Excellent. And I couldn't agree more. So thank you, Leanne. You've provided some wonderful insights and motivation for us. I really appreciate having you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.